0: You are listening to The Whole Half with Anna the Holy Banana. My goal is to keep it real by sharing it all and holding space for others to do the same. All right, welcome back to the Whole Half Podcast. My name is Anna, I am your host. And if you hear some background noise today, it's because I have the window open. It is really hot here and our AC is broken. So I'll try to mute it out in editing it afterwards, but you might hear some some noise from Main Street, but that's okay. It's natural and just fits with the podcast. So today I have a really special guest. Her name is Olivia. Um, And actually, this is the first time Olivia and I have been connected face-to-face, I mean, via Zoom, but um, connected in person in some way, shape, or form, having a conversation about her story. And I followed her, I think, probably like a few months ago now, and her story just really resonated with me. She shares a lot about her journey from healing from mold toxicity, she's a ballerina, um, and how animal-based living has really made such a huge impact on all of that, which if you know me, that is something that I super resonate with. So I'm so excited to have her here. I'm so excited to hear her story from beginning to where she is now, um, because I've seen her posts, but I've never had this conversation. So you are present to the first, and I'm so excited that you're here to follow along. So welcome, Olivia, and I'd love to turn it over to you and introduce yourself a little bit more. Let us get to know you and share some of your story, and then we'll get into some organic conversation from there.
1: Well thanks for having me first of all. I'm really excited as well to to be here and yeah, share more of the health health journeys and hopefully get the message out a bit more.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um where where are you based right now? I'm in Utah actually. I just Utah. moved.
1: Okay. And where did you move from? I was uh so I originally wanted to move to Texas and then I got an opportunity up here in uh, Utah so that was
0: that was that. Amazing. Um, and what brought? What what was your driving factor to move to Utah? Uh,
1: well, so due to my health conditions from the past and now, I'm a bit more sensitive to environment. So originally, it was to get a bit more of a smaller city, get to move into a more of a smaller city, and also there's a lot of ballet here. So it was mainly for the health, and then I got an opportunity recently. So more so for that.
0: Awesome. Now. You um, are very into health, and I love that. And I want you to share a little bit about about the story behind that. So, where did that all start? And mold toxicity, and all of that. Like, how did you come about all of this? And feel free to like share from as far back as you need to. Okay.
1: Uh, well, yeah. So everything kind of began in 2018 when I was around 15 years old. But up until that point, and a bit past that, I was kind of brought up on a paleo diet so I was always healthy. I grew up for a lot of my childhood in the middle of nowhere on a farm so I had a fairly good childhood. It was pretty healthy and then I began my ballet training in uh, we were living in South America in Uruguay and my second year there in 2018 um, I got mono and before it was fully healed my mom and I took a trip to uh, Hungary in Europe and I got radiation poisoning. And since my thyroid, since radiation affects your thyroid the most, and mine wasn't fully healed, it really hit me. And I think I'm just personally a lot more, um, I guess, uh, susceptible to those things. So it hits me harder, all these environmental factors. So immediately after like three days, my body just blew up with inflammation and I just felt terrible and I hadn't really changed anything. Uh, it was just traveling there. So since 2018, uh, yeah, I wasn't feeling great, and then it all kind of got worse in 2019. I did try uh, keto and then a bit of carnivore, but I was too busy and kind of out of it to really look into it too much. So it didn't quite work for me at the time, as well as I had no idea I had all these underlying health issues, including the mold poisoning, which ended up causing um, a lot of different conditions. Uh, It caused gout, and then, of course, the inflammation with the radiation, um, joint pain. I got all this chronic fatigue, so I had to stop a lot of my training for, I think, the better half of 2019, uh, just because I had no energy and couldn't really move myself, Um, and then at the end of 2019, I had a blood test, and we saw that I had anemia, and then the year before that, actually, I had a blood test, and I had um, heavy metal poisoning of iron, so it was the two complete opposites Um, and then for a good three years we didn't really address too many things we tried a bunch of different health uh, practitioners but we didn't exactly know what we were looking for so of course it got worse i ended up moving to europe um, and got parasites which caused a lot of other (laughs) health conditions including depression as well as the skin conditions that i had and then finally in January of 2022, I just needed a whole change and I went carnivore and now I'm slowly transitioning onto a more so animal-based diet as that is my ultimate goal.
0: Wow. Yeah. There's so much there and I'm so excited to dive in. Wow. Okay. I circled some things that really stuck out to me and I know that that's probably like such a brief overview of your journey and like yes that you have the fact that you've persevered through all of that like that is a lot to handle from age 15 until you, how old are you now i'm 20 you're 20 okay so you are like that just says a lot about the person that you are cuz i feel like the world that we live in like there's a lot of people that are like oh i have this oh i have that and they just kind of like give up and they just take whatever the doctors like oh you have heavy metal poisoning oh now you have anemia and they'll like do whatever and they're not like advocates for themselves and it just says a lot about the person that you are that you're only 20 years old and you're like you've been on this journey and you've taken so much initiative so first off wow um let's go back to your hungry trip you said you got radiation poisoning and was that just like what how did you come across that like how did you know that that was going on
1: yeah, so more so recently, I've been doing a lot of research on radiation poisoning and how that could potentially happen. Originally, it was, um, yeah. So this could be fairly controversial. That's okay. Uh, but I've got well, controversial okay. things. Okay, so but I've got to this point where I will find the evidence, so that it is scientifically backed to some extent that um, the airport secu- security scanners, not the ones that is just like a box and you walk through it, but the mm-hmm. circular ones that circle if you are more susceptible to these things such as myself you can get radiation poisoning and it says actually on the government website you should not walk through them you can opt out which i did not know of Uh, but of course you're not really told that no one knows that so you just walk through it anyway
0: wait they literally disclose that you shouldn't like as any human it's not healthy to walk through them yeah
1: wow we love it says preferably and most the best thing is you should not walk through it and you have the option to not walk through it so that as well as it's when tiny, I went tiny writing that's
0: writing. like barely legend yeah exactly <laughs> it's at
1: the bottom in like gray so that it kind of
0: fades into the
1: background
0: that's wild oh my god well yeah. I mean I'm never the type of person to say like hey you're crazy like you're making that like that is that's wild and the fact that you found something to support that like I truly believe that when we feel something in our gut, it's there for a reason. So like, if you're feeling, like, I always say that, like, if you're feeling like something's off, like go figure it out. Like, don't necessarily trust the opinions around you. Like go figure it out yourself. That's crazy though. Like you just had this knowing that there was something going on and you looked into it and you found that. Um, So that was like the travel there. And then from there, just kind of like went downhill.
1: Yeah, it got worse because uh, in Hungary, I was doing this ballet summer intensive, and that's when I realized that I was absolutely terrible at ballet, so Aww. I was partially kind of told that, so for the rest of You were a beginner, you were a beginner. Yeah, uh, for <laughs> the rest of that. For the rest of that year, I lived alone about three hours away from my family and I was doing uh, intensive private lessons and then I was going to the government school, which is like the main big school there. And of course, I thought I was big because I was all inflamed. So I was under eating and definitely overworking. So that really did not help. Um, and at the end of that year, I had a blood test, like I said, and I got yeah heavy metal poisoning. Uh, my, my cortisol levels were way too high, as well as my, I was just completely dehydrated. There was like no hydration at all because I was abusing coffee because I read somewhere I was a 15 year old looking on Pinterest and I saw, oh, coffee's good for your metabolism. So if you drink a lot of it, you'll lose weight. And I thought, that's great because I love coffee. So I'll just consume a lot of that. So,
0: yeah. Wow. Okay, again, like every sentence you're saying, there's just like so much and I love it. And there's so much there. Um, what you just said, though, about like, I thought that I was big, but really, it was inflammation. So I was under eating. That like, just hit so hard. Because I think that, I mean, I grew up with an eating disorder. And body dysmorphia is such a real thing. Yeah. But I think that there is a line in our society where it's okay to admit like, when you even if you're recovering from an eating disorder to admit like, hey, I am not comfortable the way that I am. And I feel like it's such a taboo thing to say. And like, we glorify, honestly, we glorify obesity these days. And I, I'm not saying that everyone isn't worthy with where they're at with their body. I'm saying that Glorifying obesity and saying like everybody is beautiful, like yes everybody is beautiful, but if you are in an obese body, you are so much more susceptible to disease. Like we are doing such a disservice by saying like, oh just accept your body exactly the way it is. Like if <laughs> oh my god, like there's so much there. But I love that that you just said. Like I felt big, so I was under eating, but inflammation was the true cause, and I think that inflammation is a super powerful thing to look at and it's just not something that's been looked at a lot recently well until recent um but like that was the case for me too when I went animal-based I I mean I grew up with definitely I did have body dysmorphia but like as I went through recovery I didn't learn like hey this is going to inflame you and probably make you feel worse so let's definitely focus on the things that aren't going to inflame you to not only like support your body back into its systems, but to like aid in your like, <laughs> I don't know, like mind connect- body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So I love that statement. And I, I'm so glad that you said that because that one really resonated. And I think that one's powerful and goes way deeper than just the words. Um, next thing I circled was you said that you went keto carnivore, but like the commitment wasn't really there. And I think that's another one that's super powerful to unpack because we say like, Oh, I tried keto or like, Oh, I tried this. Oh, I tried that. And I'm going to admit, like, I don't love the keto diet because I feel like people use it as like a crash weight loss diet and it's not sustainable because it can like really cause adrenal fatigue and kidney and like issues. Um, and it just, I feel like it's not a balanced sustainable lifestyle although it can work for some people like at at a time it's not meant to be a long-term thing and I mean I've heard all types of things from Dr. Paul Saladino and like um, all of his studies and things that he references and it's just been eye-opening to hear that because I was someone who did keto too um, as like hey like I'm gonna try this and see if I can lose weight but I think the commitment thing that you brought up it's super powerful because I think that people look at someone like me or you who are like, oh, like, okay, I'm going to try animal-based and like, try, like, see how that works for me. And they do it, but they are not all in. And that actually can cause more, like, you know, like if you're, if you're doing animal-based, but you're not all in, you could, I feel like you could possibly be causing more inflammation than if you're like, not actually trying to do animal based and you're just eating like a normal American diet because animal based is high fat and it is high protein and it it's been shown that like high amounts of those foods in the way that they're sourced in America are detrimental to health because they are packed with seed oils and they are packed with other things that are like super detrimental to our body. Um so I think that the commitment is huge. And I'd love for you to like share a little bit more about that. Like at what point did you realize, like, okay, this this has the potential to help me, but I've really got to commit because I think that's something that people just don't recognize. Like this has so much power, but it really takes commitment.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with everything that you're saying. Like, if you're gonna find some form of diet, let's say keto for a month or a couple of weeks just to drastically reduce weight or something that you wanna do, you have to commit to it and do it full out as if like the proper way because if you don't do it properly you add in like even one piece of chocolate or something it's not it's not benefiting you if anything it won't help because that was the case when i first uh originally went keto was i thought i was just fat and then it was inflammation going back to that um and i asked my mom for some diet help because i wasn't eating anything that was really high in carbs or sugars or anything it was just like one extra candy every day or one extra piece of chocolate it, was like really minimal but just removing that one extra piece of chocolate every day made all the difference so I think exactly what you're saying if it's not done properly or if you're adding in like the one extra little thing on the side it it won't work and then you'll just get even more so discouraged thinking well I tried that and it's worked for everyone else but it didn't work for me so now I don't know what to do
0: yeah and I I do think that that can come across as like well it's so difficult that I'm not going to do it but honestly it it has to be a commitment. Like you have, and I talk about this a lot with my clients, like your why has to be strong enough to overcome those days of not wanting to follow through because those days, honestly, they really only come at the beginning. I mean, that's at least been my experience. Um, it was really hard to transition because you're thinking you go through the thought patterns of, I don't want to like obsess over this. Like, I just want to be free. And then like, well, how can they, do that, like, how can they live like that, and just, like, eat whatever, and not have a care in the world, and not be inflamed that I was, and, like, there's the comparison game, which is so dangerous and toxic, Um, but, like, it's, we'd be amiss if we didn't mention that those are realities of doing something like this, and making a commitment like this for our lifestyle, and then, like, oh my God, like, am I really going to be able to keep this up for the rest of my life? And at the beginning, those thoughts were super strong and super heavy. And I, of course, I'm going to pause and see, like, if you had those thoughts in a second. Um, But for me, as I went on, I found that those thoughts became weaker and weaker because my strength and health was, um, like, I felt like it was just gaining momentum behind the scenes with the work that I was doing. And I felt so empowered. And I was like, okay, I have I'm 27. So like, if I live, I mean, let's say I live to my ideal age of like 110. Okay. That's 83 more years. Like what, how do I want to spend those 83 years? Do I really want to spend those just like living it up and whatever, and like get to the end of my life and be like, wow, I really wish that I had felt better for those eight. No, I want to thrive. And honestly, 83 years, it's not that long of a time. And this is something that I totally could do for 83 years and completely enjoy life still because they're like, and we're going to, I'm so excited because Olivia and I are going to share some things um, on social going forward on like how this is so accessible and so enjoyable. And it looks, it looks deceivingly like a state of lack to eat this way and like live this way, but it's not. Um, But I'd be curious, like, did you have those thoughts at the beginning of this where like those thoughts were super strong, but then as you got into it, it like relaxed. And you were like, whoa, this is actually, the, the pros outweigh the cons.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Going into it was, um, I was kind of animal-based, but with a lot of like other carbs, and just because of all my health conditions, I needed the big amount of time of just carnivore to kind of reset uh, but yeah, my mom was more so animal based at the time when I switched on to carnivore and just every single day seeing my plate of food and then her plate of food, I would think like, well, is this really working? And this is so like painful and stupid. Like I have just meat here. Why can't I just have that extra mm-hmm. amount of whatever it is, but now, um, and even I think even into like a month of it, I started seeing huge differences. And I was thinking, okay, well, this is definitely worth it. And then you feel amazing. And then you don't want to switch back and you don't have the craving. So it's just getting over that transitional period and trying to just push through it. So like keeping yourself really busy with other things, I think is like a good way of going about it.
0: And that's a good point too. Like being an active human being, like I will say that the times in my life that I have been the most successful with driving in general with exercise and nutrition are the times that I am like engaged and I have commitments and I like I don't just sit at home like covid was super tough for a lot of people including myself because what did we do we sat at home all day like <laughs> it was it was really difficult Um, so when you're engaged and your brain has the community around you and the challenge around you and like the work that you enjoy doing, hopefully if what you're doing is something you enjoy, I agree. That's a huge aspect. And I never even thought of that to like connect, but that's a huge aspect in success with it as well. Um, I'd be curious because I'll admit like in the transition, there were some things where I was like oh my god, I'm gonna like die. I, I'm gonna have a heart attack. Like, I'm eating too much meat. Did you have anything like that? Because I think that that's super common. Because I mean, as someone who grew up eating vegetables all the time, like we'd always eat a salad before dinner. And my mom convinced us like, we had to do that in order to be healthy. And if we didn't, like that was the day we were gonna die. And so I mean, I, oh, out of stress, I was experiencing, experiencing chest pains, but that like that was me being super stressed and uh when I went on vacation and relaxed for two weeks it went away so that like I can you can totally get in your mind about these kinds of things um my like I'll be honest like I can tell now when I'm eating too much protein because my urine smells a little bit more like protein so like did you notice any of those weird things and if not like I'm the weird one for sharing all these weird things but I'd be curious (laughs)
1: yeah uh well I didn't really I didn't really get into my head too so much about it um I was homeschooled so I didn't learn all the stuff like meat is really dangerous for you if that's all you consume or things like that so that part didn't really come into it the only like silly thing I think is I got like the meat sweats if I overate protein oh that's um, a thing <laughs> it's like yeah
0: yeah and then like, thing. if you overeat fat you can definitely get nauseous from that um yes but honestly yeah. part of it is part of it is super powerful because you're getting to know your body in a whole new way. And that's actually interesting that you're home, you were homeschooled because I was homeschooled too. Um, Oh my gosh, really? Majority of my upbringing. I went to high school for 10th, 11th and 12th grade. But like growing up, I never went to middle school, elementary school. I was mostly homeschooled. I didn't go to kindergarten or anything like that. So yeah. Oh, okay. Well that's and cool. I, I did do ballet too. Um I had to stop though because when I was doing ball so I didn't start dancing until I was I think like twelve or thirteen and my instructor was like I don't know what she saw in me. I'm not gonna lie, because I don't feel super graceful but she was like, you've got it. Anna. like, you've, you've got beautiful ankles and you can do all of this stuff. And so I was doing intensive privates with her when I was homeschooled every week. And I was dancing like probably five to six times a week. And they pushed me too hard, too fast. And they told me that if I, of course this was me being young and I couldn't be an advocate for myself. I didn't know better, but the doctor told me that, um, I had shin splints so bad that if I didn't stop dancing, I was going to have to put metal rods in my legs. And I was like, I'm a runner too I don't want that to happen so I had to quit dance and it still devastates me because I loved it um I love loved it and so I think part of me is like living vicariously through you as I see your dance posts because I just I love it's a, it's such a beautiful form of movement and I think that's why I love yoga so much because it's very similar but uh, yeah it
1: is that's painful to have the shin splints that bad wow
0: well I that I was I went on point like I think not even a year into dancing, like most people build from when they're four years old until they're like 12 to be able to go on point. And I went on point really quickly. Um, and yeah, I just, I didn't have that base work enough to be, and I didn't really understand the importance of strengthening and like all that stuff. So I was just going and doing, and obviously like nutrition was not at all on point at that point in my life. So, um, I said point, wait, I, know, I, was, I was trying not to laugh, I, to see. I just said point with three definitions within like 30 seconds, so that's just yeah. awesome for your brain, so I'm so sorry everyone listening, but um, well, yeah, I mean, that's fine, so we have a lot more in common than I really, even, realized. yeah, I had no idea,
1: that's so cool, but yeah, the, it's, it's harsh, and kind of really sad when, when you find out that you can't, like, continue, or you have something happen like that,
0: yeah, it was, it was hard. Um, I was devastated and yeah, but you know what? Everything happens for a reason. Um, I love where I am now. I, w- I don't think I would have ever found yoga probably like if I was doing ballet, I don't know, maybe, but I I love the path that I'm on. I really do. And some I do take adult ballet classes when I can in my schedule. Okay. Um, that's fun, but yeah, I, I love dance. Um, Sorry, we got off topic there for a second. <laughs> but I love like I I love going back and forth like this organically. Um another thing that I think that we might have in common that you mentioned is when you went to Europe you got parasites. So when I went and yeah. studied abroad in France, I came home with um E coli. Oh, and yeah. it was not fun. And I didn't know that for months. Like I went to the doctor. I was like I didn't I didn't have a normal bowel movement for like 6 straight months. But for me, I didn't understand that that was a bad thing at the time. Like I don't know, I was in the worst of my eating disorder, and I didn't get like your body's meant to function in a certain way, and when it doesn't function that way, you should probably get it checked. Um, so I don't even remember how I got myself to the the doctor about that. But, um, yeah, I came home with E. coli. So I'd be curious. Like, did you track that and figure out? For me, it was I think the farmers markets. Like I, I don't I don't know actually, but. I'd be curious to know your story behind that. Cause that was something I experienced too.
1: Yeah. I'm also curious to know your story behind that, like symptoms and things. Cause I've, I haven't luckily experienced E. coli.
0: And um, I well, read- for me, it just felt, I had this really bad taste in my mouth all the time. That was like, I drank back bad water. And I, like I said, like my bowel movements were just like non-existent, but when they were like, they just were so bad. Like I was never digesting my food ever um it was just pretty much water like it it, that's gross I know but like that's pretty much what I was experiencing that's true (laughs) And, and uh so yeah it just like I was I mean at the same time I wasn't eating enough that's when I was in my like restriction phase and like super anorexic and like it was really not healthy um so I'm sure that that didn't play into my body not being able to recover from it and overcome that bacteria but um yeah, it was an experience, <laughs> but when I got home and we figured that out, like, I took something, I can't remember what I did at the time, but like, they had me, it was a natural chiropractor doctor that I went to and like, he put me on some kind of supplement that helped clear it out and, um, I'm doing great now, but <laughs> <Good. laughs> yeah, yeah. that, that was that experience and it definitely depleted me, I'm sure. But like, it was, it wasn't the type of thing where like, I couldn't function. I just like felt off. And I didn't know it at the time until he Mm -hmm. went that out, so.
1: It's good that, yeah, like, symptoms weren't so, so bad. I know that, like, if you have parasites for a fair amount of time, it can cause a lot of damage.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, My friend Haley that I host my wellness retreats with, she has a parasite protocol on her membership that she leads people through because, I mean, and she does it, I think she said she does it every new moon cycle or something. Yeah. Um everyone has parasites and especially like, see this guy? Oh, where is he? Where is he? Right there. Dog. Yep. If you have a dog, you have parasites. I, my mom yep. was always like, Don't let the dog lick your face because they have parasites. I'm like, too late. <laughs> um, but yeah, she recommends that everyone does it regularly, but obviously not like without medical supervision um or advice to begin. But I've never done one. She showed me some results and I'm kind of freaked out by it, but I know I should because I know that, like, we all have them and I'm sure that we would all feel better if we didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, the results are a bit horrifying when you see them, <laughs> but the good news is that it's out
0: and yeah. it's not in. That's like
1: a comforting thought to have how, when you're looking at that.
0: Like, how, what was your experience with the parasites?
1: Yeah, uh, so I kind of came to the conclusion that I got parasites from this piece of fish that I ate because when I ate it it felt really off or it tasted really off but I kept eating it because I thought I'm at a restaurant it seems fine I have no idea where it was sourced from and it wasn't really fully cooked so that is my conclusion
0: as to wow. how I raw fish is super common for parasites I, another yeah. my mom always said was like don't eat sushi it's not good for you like it's raw like you're gonna get parasites and I mean, I'm not saying my mom was wrong, but sushi's really good, so I always eat it. Um, I still eat fish sometimes, but I know it's, like, one of those technically meats higher in things that we probably shouldn't be eating, um, so I don't eat it all the time, but, like, I will um, if we're on vacation, like, down south or something where it's fresh, but, um, yeah, that's that's wild, and I just, I think it's so cool that, like, we have, we've experienced all these things, right, and, like, mm-hmm. we we know what it's like to be off but now this way of living that we've committed to like i feel so good um so yeah it's just super cool how we experienced like all these things where we felt like crap and now we know what it's like to feel really good um i'd love to know like what are the the biggest changes so like if you were to look back and be like wow i i did this well for one how long have you been doing this like carnivore well I guess like transitioning back into animal-based how long has that transition been happening for you
1: like a week A I'm week. yeah I, yeah I've been carnivore for about a year and a half now and okay. only now uh, because I've, I still had a lot of different things going on up until about like a month ago so mm-hmm. until then I thought well I'm gonna stick with the strict carnivore just to let my organs mm-hmm. rest I also yeah. had a lot of organ damage, which is just another another thing to add to the list. But yeah, so it's been about a week where I've been slowly like adding in some things.
0: But tell me about that. How has that been going and like what were the first things that you decided to add back in?
1: Yeah, um, so actually a year ago I did uh when I was doing I'm sure you've been to po- probably a couple of summer intensives, maybe
0: one. I don't know how long you're about. Yeah. I did Rebecca Kelly, uh when it came to Lake Placid. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, cool. I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah but Uh, So during those times, because it's a lot more intense, hence the name intensive. Yeah, uh, I was was drinking a bit of just um, fruit juice during the like ten minute breaks because I don't have enough time to eat like a steak or a burger or whatever, and then metabolize that energy to be able to to use it in the span of like five to ten minutes. So then I would add in like a bit of fruit juice. Uh, So I've been adding in a bit of fruit juice again, as well as some more dairy because I had kind of reduced a lot except for cream because I do still drink coffee. Um that and then fruit itself, so just these really small pieces of dehydrated fruit. And then recently, and this is just gonna be ridiculous, but spices.
0: No, that's not ridiculous. Believe yeah. me, my body feels when I eat spices versus when I don't. There was something that we ate the last day of vacation that was super like spice made. Uh Mike's brother made a dish and like I'm sure it was delicious for everyone. But because my body uh, on vacation, there were a couple times where I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna eat what's put put in front of me. Like sometimes you just have to consciously choose that that's what you're going to do. And there were some occasions that I did that on vacation. Believe me, I paid for it. Like, <laughs> I did not feel good. But again, I made that conscious choice. It's different than like, I don't know, like feeling victim to that circumstance. I made that decision. I didn't have to. I chose to. Um, and it was very heavy in spices and oh my God, I thought I was gonna die for like four days. it, it, <laughs> it was rough. So spices are no joke when you when your body is not metabolizing them for a long time, um, mm-hmm. they definitely can cause some things. Um, oh you said something that I was interested in in digging into. oh, that okay. So you said that during intensives, you were eating like this. And I want to get back to like how you're incorporating and like how you're feeling on the animal based more than the carnivore. But something I want to bring up is, um, I mean, ballet is something that has a super known stereotype for like having a lot of eating disorder issues. um, Because of body image and all that stuff. I'm curious, what was your environment like when you were eating like that while training? Like, Did your instructor, like, what was your experience like that with fellow students and instructors? Did they ever try to shame you for that? Like, what was your experience?
1: Yeah, uh, well, when I first went carnivore, and this was all the way back in 2019, I was 16 years old, so I was still training at school. And then at the age of 17, because I started later, I had to do a lot of just private training like you just to catch up. Uh, So there, I didn't really talk about diet too much with my teacher. So that was good. But when I was 16, of course, I brought it up because I was so excited about carnivore. But I didn't really like talk about it too much. It was just like, I had only meat for lunch and we ate at the school. And there were a couple of vegans and vegetarians there and they would kind of shame me for it but at the time I was really embarrassed I'd go kind of hide and eat now uh I do get some comments especially through Twitter there's a lot of vegans attacking me through Twitter telling me to go kill myself uh now I don't really care
0: well they're currently like probably on the verge of dying because they're gonna be so nutrient deficient but like let let them figure that one out for themselves (laughs) see we can post controversial things
1: (laughs) Exactly, yeah, we can both be mean. Well, not mean, realistic. Controversial,
0: controversial. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so so it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. And that's good to hear. I mean, typical, like, skating and ballet in general, like, are, I think, two of the worst body dysmorphia, eating disorder-ridden sports, um, just because of how focused it is on, I mean, literally judges... Sit there and like judge your performance, and that's a really hard sport to be in, and not have your brain go to like, how do I appear to these people? It's really hard. Yeah, when so many I people think- are talking around you like that.
1: Yeah, I think that part isn't quite. I mean, obviously, it takes a huge mental toll on you having people constantly watch- watching you like that. But I think what's worse is being in front of the mirror every single day wearing the skin tight clothing, and you're the judge, and you're seeing yourself. To me, that
0: is the more so I mental thought, t- I resonate with that so much I will admit I've never made this connection but now that I think about it I never mirror like body checked before I started dancing ballet I never knew yeah. it was never a thing that I even thought about but the second they put mirrors in that room as I, I was a little girl and it didn't help that I was 12 years old and I was going into to the intro level classes with like 8 year olds like these girls were young i was giant compared to them meaning i was like a foot taller than them and i've always been a little bit more like muscular built um i'm not like a i'm not a twig i'm not a toothpick my body isn't meant for that i just have a little bit more muscle on my bones and that's where i thrive mm-hmm. but when you're 12 years old in a room of 8 year olds who haven't even hit puberty yet your body is obviously going to be bigger and i remember thinking like I gotta and what do they do all the whole time dancing like pull your tummy in pull your stomach in like pull the. And, and it's like okay well you're looking in the mirror you're constantly told that wow I've never really thought about that but I definitely like never thought about body checking myself in a mirror and, until that day that's crazy yeah um, yeah
1: it's like something you wouldn't even like consider or think about and then yeah oh, you're yeah. trying to dance class and you have all the mirrors around you and then it's just
0: kind of a habit which and I understand like for the principle of having the mirrors in the room of like we need we need to check our form and like it's really helpful to have that visual I mean I don't know about you but when I don't have that visual in front of me my balance is way off Uh, your balance is way better when you're dancing with a mirror around you but yeah that is a whole nother aspect of having mirrors present that can be detrimental to our, uh, development, to our developmental years where we're really like building that relationship with our body.
2: Yeah. That's uh,
0: a whole, yeah, a whole nother episode. Other, whole nother topic, rabbit hole, <laughs> don't mm-hmm. jump in. Um, so tell me, like, how are you feeling adding things in, uh, as, as if you like more of an animal based style?
1: Yeah, well, since it's a very small quantity and amount of things, I haven't really noticed a difference. Um, If anything, when I added in the fruit, it would just help me with my stamina, and I guess performance, because I'm exerting so much having the carbs in the moment as my source of energy in place of fats
0: is helping. Um, Let me ask you this, because this is a a huge area that I saw improvement in. Did your cycle improve? And like, stay pretty normal going carnivore and like how is it now compared to like a year ago
1: yeah I was actually planning on bringing this up because I have never actually talked about it so of course uh due to everything that's happened to me I had not had a cycle for I think four and a half years which obviously is not
0: good at all and at the time I went three years really bad like I can resonate with that it was it's not good but tell me more
1: yeah, so at the beginning I thought this is amazing because I'm wearing leotard and tights every single day. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about, you know, seeing well, it
0: leak. you do not have that thought. There were girls that were like, Oh, you don't have yours, you're so lucky. Like <laughs> everyone has that thought. But when you get down to the like reason behind it, it's like, Oh wait, no, I should probably get that checked. <laughs>
1: yeah, because I saw somewhere and I don't remember where and I wish I knew where. Um I can probably find it again though, that your bone density, uh the strength of your bones it's, it's when you yep. don't have
0: to, yep. so your hormones constantly in that cycle are very very crucial to your bone development and your bone density yep. and if you don't have your cycle then your bones are at risk for osteoporosis way more than if you did like you did have your cycle so I learned that as I was going because they were really concerned about my bone density when I was younger and I didn't have it um thankfully mine was great because of all the weight bearing exercise I did, because that is a way to help stimulate bone growth if you're doing weight bearing exercise. Um, so yes, that that's a good point. Because yes, cycles are super important. So like people who are on birth control, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Like people who are on birth control to only have one cycle a year, like you are Fucking up your system. I'm sorry for the the word that I just used, but like, there's no word with a heavier meaning that I could drop there because, like, oh my god, come the day that you want to have kids, if you want to have kids, you're gonna have some work to do, <laughs> and I know because I was on a similar like situation with all that. But yeah, no, it's super important that your body is cycling, and it's one of the biggest flags that says, hey, something's not right here. But we don't learn that as as young kids. We learn like, hey, like it's an inconvenience, so. Yeah, yeah good point <laughs> it's easier yeah, yeah. but tell me more about that
1: yeah uh so i hadn't actually got it back. just kind of like tmi but it's it's true and needs to be talked about uh yeah i hadn't actually got it back until like two months ago just because i was doing all these detoxes and things so i am so proud to say that yes i have it it's um and th- i'm proud of you i'm so <laughs> happy for you are so bad yeah um and yeah, the thing that I have noticed is um, bloating, pain, all of that is basically non-existent. I don't know if that's just because it's only been like two-ish cycles, um, but it's like zero pain, whereas before it was very painful, lots of bloating, and I couldn't really move too much. I don't that's know if that's it. the same. No,
0: yeah. no, very similar. So um, before I lost it, it honestly, my cycle was pretty normal. Um I never really had any issues with it when it went away. I was confused by it. I didn't really know. I didn't say anything. Um, I'm not gonna lie. My mom, my mom didn't prop me for this one. Mom, if you're listening, I love you to death. But like, <laughs> I got my period when I she was in the bathroom with me. One day, like I had no I didn't even know what a period was. She wouldn't she did when we were in uh, elementary school, there was like this girl day and guy day and like we were brought into a room and like taught about this all but you had to have a permission slip signed to go into the room and like be taught about it from your parent and my mom wouldn't sign the permission slip so like she didn't want me to learn about that stuff from someone else but (laughs) she never got around to teaching me about that so when it happened like I got my period and I was like mom I don't know what this is. And she was standing in the bathroom like brushing her teeth or something. And I was like, I don't I don't know what's going on. She's like, Oh, you're gonna need one of these. And she just handed me a pad and then walked out of the room. And I was like, Oh my god. What's happening to me? So I had to like figure it out for myself. And again, thanks. Like I love you, Mom. Like if you're listening. But this is this was my experience. Um so I didn't know at all like what it was supposed to be. So for a while it was pretty normal. I had it probably for like a year and a half, two years before I lost it. Um, And then it went away. And when it came back, it was horrendous, like, so heavy, so painful, like my chest. I couldn't hug people like I couldn't run. I love running. I couldn't run normally, because like, it hurt so much when I was running. Um, Yeah, super, super bad. And then I was, it, even like last summer when I was training for Ironman and stuff, I wasn't eating animal based yet. I was experiencing these symptoms where like, I was just, I was super bloated. I always got super hungry the day before, or like a couple of days before, um, chest hurt so bad, couldn't handle it. Um, acne, like I'd break out cravings, of course, mood swings, but now I don't experience any of that, like literally the past three cycles, I have had zero pain, zero symptoms, zero bloating. I did experience the increased hunger this time around. And I think that may have been, and it was a little bit delayed. And I think that was because I did what you would call a quote cut and did try to uh like lean out a little bit this spring um because I felt like the inflammation and the weight that I had gained from we didn't even talk really about the mold toxicity a ton, but like I experienced that in my last apartment. And, um, so like, I just knew that my body was kind of like whacked up and I was like, okay, I need to like focus on this. So, um, I think as a result of that, I did have a delay this past cycle, but like none of the pain symptoms, um, and like the heaviness is gone. I couldn't even handle, like, I would go, maybe an hour with a super plus tampon and I literally was still like what they call flooding like it just like you it goes everywhere well, I mean, no fun but yeah it's not like that anymore and it's, so and it's so much more normal and it's so much more normal and I'm it's just such a relief so yeah that that's a good sign that you're not experiencing any experiencing any of that because it's super rare um, To not have any of those things, the world thinks like, "Hey, everyone experiences it, so it's normal." And it actually kills me when I hear people like, "Like, oh, I'm on my cycle, like, I'm gonna pamper myself and like give myself chocolate and like let myself just like be lazy and not do anything." I'm like, "Oh, you're just exacerbating everything that's wrong." (laughs) Let me help you. I don't. I actually don't. Although I'm saying this super openly on my podcast, when people come to me and talk about that kind of stuff in life, I. I'm so afraid of offending anyone that I don't actually like push what I'm actually thinking on them. Like I don't actually say it. I'll be very, very gentle and say like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, have you tried this? (laughs) But I can be very candid and open about it on here because uh, we're on the same page. So Um, yeah, that's, I'm so glad that you got your cycle back because that's a huge indicator that you're doing something right. Um, Just to touch on the mold toxicity a bit um what were your symptoms because I had a super bad rash and I noticeably like I gained weight when I moved and I I was the stature that I am now when I moved into that apartment I gained about 15 to 20 pounds in the time that I lived there and have shed that easily Since I mean I did my like focused nutrition and exercise this spring but like I shed it pretty easily this spring when I moved and I'm out of there and I had this really bad rash in my elbows um, and underneath my armpit here. And it's completely like cleared up since I moved, literally since I moved. And I know that I was experiencing mold toxicity there. So I'd be curious what yours was like, because that's what mine was like. And it shows differently in everyone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've heard of the rash before and I kind of associate parasites plus the mold to the skin rash that I had just because... I was searching all over online for all these different types of skin problems like dermatitis and just anything that was listed under that. And it nothing looked like it. So I'm not really sure what I'm calling it. So I just kind of, to me, it looked like a mixture of eczema and rosacea. So kind of like a rash plus all these pimples and underlying things. And it was, it just kind of like blew up the side of my face as well. So inflammation. Uh, So I attribute that to mold plus mold sometimes when you get mold poisoning if you have something trigger it, it it'll it come out so it can be let's say affecting you in certain areas but then if you have something trigger it like i had parasites then that can make it come out and be more active or worse which would be the rash on my face um so that was one of them another thing was inflammation so the same thing uh and then fatigue so i just had yeah zero energy and then malabsorption so I wasn't really absorbing any anything that I was eating, any of the nutrients, vitamins, things, and I attribute that as well to losing my cycle, so not absorbing anything. So therefore, of course, not getting the nutrition and the vital things that I need to be able to have that. Uh, so those things, and then depression, actually, which got way worse, uh, of course, with the parasites added on to it. So those were like the main things, and then fatigue.
0: That sounds all very similar I muted myself there briefly while you were talking so that the bells weren't so obnoxious but I'm sorry I had to come back in so sorry everyone nice though in the background (laughs) um yeah that honestly that all I, I just again I'm gonna say it again I love how driven you are to figure this stuff out for yourself because any other 20 year old would be like wow I feel like crap and I'm just gonna like do whatever and just like say that i feel like crap and complain about it but you are just so on it of like figuring it out and being like what is going on here um yeah the mold yeah the mold you show. get to
1: a point where you kind of just need to because i was like that for a while uh but you get to a point where you just you have to make a change or something yeah yeah Anyways,
0: better, so no you either do or you don't and yeah it really dictates how you're going to feel in the future um yeah, mold, mold toxicity is real. It's legit. Um, And it creeps up on you. And you like, it's one of those things that it's like silent, like you might not even think about it. The apartment that I was in, I frankly, didn't think about it, because, which is this is so stupid to me when I say it out loud, because I'm like, well, Diana, you should have thought about it for this exact reason. But the so the building that I was in, um, I live on, I lived on Main Street, in my town. And like there was a storefront right on the street that you could like walk right into from the sidewalk and then the building went up like three floors. And um there was like a stairwell that went up and like you could go into all of those apartments. There's like a 30 plus apartments in this building. However, the building also went down into the ground two flights. So I went into a little alleyway and then walked down a flight of stairs and had an entry to my apartment, and you could walk down another flight of stairs to the final floor, which, like, led out to the lake. And my apartment, when I think about it, was the perfect breeding ground for mold. There was one window with daylight, and even that window had an overhang porch on top of it that you, like, looked out to the lake on, and it had a beautiful view, but, like, still there was no, absolutely no sunlight that was able to come into my apartment my bedroom was the back room. So the window backed up to a cement wall, there was no light, I had no light. So my circadian rhythm was completely off. Yeah. What makes this like two things that make this like the perfect breeding ground, my bedroom let in for like, if you went deeper, so my apartment was like narrow and, and deep. So if you went all the way deep into my apartment, it was the laundry room, and you had to walk through my room to get to the laundry room, which the washer, I'm sorry, constantly is like a breeding ground because there's moisture in there always. And I would honestly smell it sometimes, but I was like, how much I can do. Um, So that, and then also the building that's, that was next to me experienced a fire like four or five years ago. And my building that I lived in had to be completely doused to prevent it from being uh, like caught on fire as well because I mean we would have lost all of Main Street if they didn't do that but they had to completely douse the buildings around so that everything didn't catch on fire well my building and my side of the building so like if if I lived on the other side of the building great I would have been fine but this side of the building that was next to the building that burned they literally just like doused it in water and there was water damage one of my friends actually lived in the apartment and had to like leave and like they actually no 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 they didn't leave they did not come in until after but their apartment was the first one to be redone after the water damage because like it like all of those apartments on that side were redone because they were just completely destroyed however when i think about that what landlord who wants to just get people in is actually going through and taking the, like the courtesy and the time which time is expensive, time is money, um, to properly clean out these apartments and get rid of anything that could breed mold and redo them. Very, very unlikely (laughs) that they did that. So my apartment, not only was it already the perfect breeding ground for mold because there was no daylight, it had been doused in water and I was living in it. So I didn't even realize how moldy it was until my roommate still lives in that apartment that I lived with and I was watching her dog a couple months ago and I told her this I was like you need to get an air filter she took over my bedroom when I left and got a new roommate that moved into hers and I walked into her room to put her dog in the crate one night when I had to go to work and I just got hit with this wall of mold when I opened the door and I was like, I lived in this and I didn't even smell. And that's the thing about mold. You live in it and you get used to it and you don't smell it until you get out and you come back. My friend Haley that lived underneath us in the same apartment building, like right in the apartment beneath us, she went to Hawaii for a month and came back and was like, I have mold because she could smell it because she had been gone for a month. And I was like, that's not good. We need to get you out. But it's crazy that like, it is a, si- honestly, it's a si- one of those silent killers because <laughs> you don't know it's there until you leave and you readjust your sinuses and like just wild, just wild stuff. So um, yeah. Wow, we have a lot in common, Olivia. We do. <laughs> yeah, but that is the perfect breeding ground. Right? Or
1: likely underground. You go through that because you said it's two floors below. You have a lake nearby, no sun, and it's doused in water. What else could you ask?
0: you or, could yeah. and a, wa- a washer and dryer right literally and the washer and dryer there's nothing more that you could ask for <laughs> like and no so in the summer when it gets super hot mildew you like can't. oh my god so disgusting i don't even i like don't even want to think about how gross <laughs> that was that i lived there i mean we all have to go through that you know um like figuring it out for ourselves if we are in that situation and i'm so thankful like this apartment that we're in it has one two three four, five, six, seven giant windows. And I mean, honestly, like it's the other extreme where it's like I'm, right. I'm so synced with the sunrise and sunset that I can't sleep past like 5 because it gets so bright out. Um and the shades just don't do it. But no, it's uh it's such a good change and it's so much healthier and um yeah it's great. We got an air doctor. My mom got an air doctor there was like a deal going on a couple of weeks ago and she bought two of them and she was like I'll either keep this for you for Christmas give it to you now as an early Christmas gift or you can just pay for it like if you want it and I was like I mean I'll obviously take it as a Christmas gift and I'll obviously take it right now but it's been so nice do you have an air doctor or anything like that no not yet no I like I am in love with this thing. Like, I just love the Air Doctor. It, um, I just leave it on auto because it said that it will work best if you leave it on auto. And like, if I'm in the kitchen cooking and I use, I use only cast iron to cook. I don't use like uh, a nonstick or anything, but when I'm cooking and it senses like even a little bit of burnt or smoke or anything like that, it kicks on and it turns red and it will like, ramp up cuz it's sensing that in the air and I'm like wow you're good <laughs> you can stay you're really good but it's it's awesome to have and it's just that little extra boost of let's keep our air clean cuz it's such a polluted world but yeah wow yeah. okay well I feel like we could go on forever it's been an hour and I know I said like this is going to be like 30 40 minutes so I want to respect your time I want to respect my time and everyone listening so I want to thank you so much for coming on this has been a phenomenal conversation. I got so much out of it. I hope you did, and I hope everyone listening did. Um, because we are both so animal-based uh, enthusiastic, I'd really love to share um, encouragement to those listening to connect with us. If you have any questions on it, um, yeah, we're going to be sharing more on our socials together, and definitely like, save, share all of those things, and and keep connecting with us on this because. It's where we're passionate. Um, I'm super thankful for our sponsor today, Carnivore Crisps. They are helping us live in alignment with this thing that we're passionate about, animal-based living. Um, They have just real meat and salt. uh, Pretty much beef jerky. If you love beef jerky, you'll love this. Um, You can use my code HOLY, W-H-O-L-L-Y, for 10% off. But um, maybe we'll even do some collabs on that, like how we can use carnivore crisps in recipes and stuff. But all the fun stuff to come on this. Olivia is great. I'm so glad that we met. Um, thank you for coming on. If you want to hear all of the upcoming episodes this summer that I have with new guests, make sure that you subscribe and click that little alert button next to my podcast because that will notify you when the new podcasts come out. So thanks for listening, Olivia. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You're in, so you're in Utah, so it's yeah. great it's three o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any fun plans for the rest of the day?
1: No. Uh, well, yeah, not really just studying studying.
0: Yeah. I feel that I have a lot of work that I need to get done. Um, but I do teach yoga. That will be fun. I teach restorative being tonight. So that should be good. Anyway, well, we'll hop off. Thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Stay well. <coughs>